You're a podcast listener, and this is a podcast ad. Reach great listeners like yourself with podcast advertising from Lips and Ads. Choose from hundreds of top podcasts offering host endorsements, or run a reproduced ad like this one across thousands of shows to reach your target audience with Lips and Ads. Go to lipsandads.com now. That's L I B S Y N ads.com. You're a podcast listener, and this is a podcast ad. Reach great listeners like yourself with podcast advertising from Lips and Ads. Choose from hundreds of top podcasts offering host endorsements, or run a reproduced ad like this one across thousands of shows to reach your target audience with Lips and Ads. Go to lipsandads.com now. That's L I B S Y N ads.com. Thanks for listening to the AZ Wildcats podcast brought to you by DraftKings. Great deal going on right now. You throw down $5 on any of the conference tournament games, and if that team wins, you get $200 in free plays. That simple, that easy. All right, with Ben White, I'm Mike Luke. John Schuster uh, is in Henderson. We'll be dealing with that a little bit later. But um, Arizona wins 84-80, to Ben. And for people who don't remember Ben, Ben is my esteemed colleague at 1290, off doing great things in California right now. But, Ben, let's talk about it a little bit first. Um, Arizona wins 84-80. to This was a game, though, where Stanford played incredibly good basketball. And when you look at this, when you look at the stats, when you look at the numbers where you shoot 50% from three and, oh, by the way, Arizona still is able to beat you, that goes to show you, too, a little bit how just Arizona has that margin for error that a lot of teams just don't have. I think that's fair, and I think we've seen this all season long with Arizona, maybe as opposed to other teams we've seen under Sean Miller, where it's not really as much of a game of matchups just because Arizona can beat you in so many different ways, whether it's from the perimeter, whether it's inside with Paulo and Coloco. But today, you're absolutely right. Stanford, for the majority of that game, got well over 60% from three. Spencer Jones had 28 points. It's not like he was getting easy looks as well. I mean, on the defensive side, you can say that Arizona – played a pretty tight game for the most part, but at the same time, those are just shots you couldn't do a whole lot about, and Arizona was able to find a way to pull out. Okay, and I think the thing with, too, with Spencer, or excuse me, with Spencer Jones, and I think they needed to move it just a little bit this way, but with Spencer Jones, this is a guy that it didn't really matter who you put on, whether you put on Dalen Terry, whether you put on Ben Matherin, Ben Matherin, who got benched, I think, for his defense, which we'll talk about here in just a minute, but um, uh, Pella, Pella Larson, there's just certain aspects when you get to the highest level of basketball, where we are right now, obviously below the NBA, where you just really can't do something when a guy gets going in a rhythm like that. And at six foot seven, how many times were you and I or Michaela looking and oh, by the way, you've got a guy right in his face and he's still making shots. That's just going to happen in basketball. So a lot of people were, you know, tweeting at me during the game saying what's going on. But then, you know, this as well as anybody that, you know, when those shots are falling, there's not a lot you could do. So I would tell Arizona fans, don't stress. This team is now 29 and three. This isn't the end of the world. You got a victory. We'll be back with you again at 6 p.m. tomorrow. Yeah, don't stress at all. And I mean, I think it really goes into the second half where you see Spencer Jones shooting outside from three and you've got a seven footer in Coloco sticking his hand up and it's still going in. I mean, those are things you just can't do things about. Arizona find a, found a way to come out with the win. And I think at this point, the mindset of all Arizona fans is what happens with Kurt Creasa because that ankle injury is not looking good. Comparing notes before we came on here because that was the point. And again, we're going to try to get to your comments here in a little bit. We, uh, you know, this is obviously a little bit of a different setup than we're used to, but uh, rest assured, we see everything coming in. So everybody out there, we will get to you uh, as soon as we can. But 
Kirk Creesa. That's the uh, that's the elephant in the room right now. This is a guy that at the point guard position pretty much all season has been, you know, you either love him or you don't. And I'm not just talking about for Arizona fans. I'm talking about for national or college basketball fans as well. I mean, heck, some of the guys we were up here talking with, you know, a couple ASU fans. One guy says, I love Kirk Carissa. The other one says, um, I want nothing to do with Kirk Carissa and not as flattering a terms as I just put it out right there. But the one thing that you can't really dispute is that this is a man that wants the big moment. And how many times during the game were we talking and he would uh, he would struggle or he would have a difficult uh difficult rhythm on the court and by the way thank you shane we got all the comments coming in here right now you're a beast as usual but if this team if you don't have a healthy kirk crease at the point guard position it's gonna be a little bit of a dish issue yeah, it's gonna be a big issue and just like you said mike everything that creesa does whether it's making shots on the outside whether it's dictating this offense he's the one guy on this arizona team that isn't afraid to put the ball on his hands and he's going to beat you in a number of different ways and I think we saw that tonight not necessarily in the statistic category but you saw in the second half where Creesa took the ball inside and made a couple of key outside perimeter shots that allowed Arizona to break away towards the end there and if you don't have him that just changes the entire dynamic not only of the Pac-12 tournament but the NCAA tournament as well yeah and what I worry about with this team and we've talked about this for a good percentage of the time what I worry about with this team is when the shots aren't falling and you get another team, another guy that's making shots, what are you able to do with that? And I think that's a little bit of the problem here. And I think that's where you came in with the Stanford spot where it's like, this team isn't infallible. And I think a lot of people come away thinking this team could be infallible when it's not. We're not talking about 1991 Duke here. Sure. No, we're not talking about 1991 Duke at all. And I think when you look at what they did today, and especially when a team shoots 55% from three, you still find a way to pull away towards the end. Granted, there were 22 league changes throughout the game, but I think Arizona is going to be just fine. And I think it shows you really the difference between this team compared to last year's team and a lot of the Sean Miller's team where I think we mentioned at the top, it's not necessarily a matchup thing. You don't worry about limitations on any of these guys outside of a couple on the bench, and Arizona just finds ways to beat teams. And I think that's the one optimistic thing you have to keep in the back of your mind if you're going to be without Carissa throughout the rest of this Pac-12 tournament and maybe a little bit early into the NCAA as well. That Arizona has, you know, Balo and Coloco inside that can beat you. Arizona has some guys on the bench that have stepped up throughout the regular season that have got collectively better. Yeah, so you don't see a lot of that. You don't see a lot of that, too. We apologize a little bit for the buffering connection. There's a lot of stuff going on right here, obviously, in the arena. So we'll work on uh, we'll work on that, getting a little bit of that rectified for uh, for next week or excuse me, for next game. But let's get to a bunch of the comments right here. And I think Travis Strauss put it very well right here when he said a team that, that doesn't have a lot of uh, experience. You've got a guy in Ben Matherin, in Christian Coloco, a Julius Tabellis. Kirk Creesa, Justin Kyer, that just seem to get it. And whenever a game is close, even though they might not have that experience, Ben, they're able to make things work like that. And that's something that a lot of teams don't have, even teams that have experience. Yeah, and, it, and I think it shows, too, not only what they've done last year and then having the opportunity to play the, uh, the past season as well and coming together collectively as a unit. Uh, how many times, I think we were talking about this prior to this game, you look at these Pac-12 season, regular season awards, and you've got guys like Coloco winning, you know, best defensive player. You've got guys on the bench, you know, winning. They are just able to come together. And um, again, I mean, it, it, it shows in 
regular season games. It shows towards the late where Arizona can get off to these slow starts that we've talked about over and over each regular season game and come together and beat a team that's killing you from the outside without arguably one of your most important, if not your most important player on the offensive side. Right. So Tina, one of my favorite people on there, Tina backs the A in a serious way. Um, one of my favorite people on Twitter, she said a lesser team would have lost to Stanford today. And I think what Tina is saying is that there's probably five to seven, eight teams in the country that probably wouldn't have lost to Stanford in this day. And I think that's what we're talking about with Arizona, Ben, that this, as we know, is they can beat you in a lot of different ways. And I think that's what's uh, what's fascinating about this entirely. Now, let's get to some more of these. Uh, Jose Roman says, sit crease of the rest of the Pac-12 tournament. Stanford players had the game of their lives, and Arizona still came out on top. First postseason experience for everyone except one. I totally agree with what Jose just said right there. And again, I'm not a I'm not a personal trainer. A lot of people might think I am, but I'm not. Believe it or not, uh, believe it or not, I'm not. But I obviously don't know what's going on right there with uh, with Kirk Carissa. But if there's any doubt whatsoever, don't play him. Arizona's already got that number one seed locked up, and we've talked about it before. But if you've got Gonzaga right now, that's already got that over number one seed there's no reason to rush him back out there at all no no reason just to give folks an update tommy lloyd did say moments ago that it's some sort of high ankle sprain and they'll know in the next day or two so you know fingers crossed sometimes it looks a little bit worse coming down um Carissa did not look good coming off couldn't put any contact on that leg but no absolutely not you don't play and you've got locked up this is really just an opportunity to come out here kind of put a, a last minute polish to some of the things that you want to tweak prior to the tournament but again when he's hurt, that entire equation changes. You have to keep that in consideration, and you just have to move forward and find ways to win without him. I mean, this team has had moments throughout the year where they've had to power through without key guys, and um, Arizona's very well capable of doing that. And this Pac-12 season, Pac-12 tournament, excuse me, really comes down to making sure everybody comes out healthy and moving forward from there. And Tina, yes, not a personal trainer. I know. Put it like this. Now, one thing that you all do need to remember, and again, hop on here again. This is a little this is a little bit of a different setup for us, but the DraftKings Sportsbook app, code word PHNX. Told you once, tell you a million times. Throw down $5 on a game. You get $200 in free plays if that conference tournament team does win. That simple, that easy. Make that one happen. Um, 21 and up. Arizona only. If you got a gambling problem, you call 1-800-NEXT-STEP. They'll get you all taken care of right there. Um, it's the best sportsbook app out there by a mile. And you know what? There's really nothing that you can really compare it to. It's that type of a situation right there. You partake in DraftKings Sportsbook app. I partake in DraftKings Sportsbook app. We all partake in DraftKings Sportsbook app. Okay, now let's get to the uh, let's get to some more questions here. And again, guys, I haven't been able to be as uh, responsive as I would like to on some of them. But you know what? We're going to get that. First of all, Sean Seeley says, how's the weather up there? The weather is freezing. It's we freezing are, cold. It's the wind, and it's the fact that there's wind and the fact that there's no sun. We are walking to T-Mobile uh, this morning, and I kid you not, Ben is uh, Ben's a, uh, a tougher climate person than me. He's been all over, uh, you know, lived in the Midwest. I came out, and I was absolutely freezing, shivering, everything. But you know what? That's why I had my mask on right there. I wore my mask to get here, and then I took it off once I got into the stadium. You know what? Sometimes you just got to back the A. Yeah, you back, know what? Back you got to back the A and you got to back the mask. I yes. think that's really what it comes down to. But it's absolutely freezing. All right, bear down bias. What's up, Brad? Uh, saying hi right there. All right, moving ahead. Arizona wins this game. I think we're obviously ecstatic with how this game played out, just being that Arizona won. Now, you look ahead, whoever you get in that next game, and I believe it would be Colorado, Colorado, Colorado Oregon. Oregon. Yeah. yeah. 
these are two teams that I think Arizona is more than comfortable matching up with right here. And there's a couple different reasons because Colorado Arizona by 16 points earlier in the season. That was a win that I think took a lot of people by surprise because when Arizona's rolling like that, you're thinking, all right, you know, what's what, what's the deal? What's the, what's the problem? What's going on? But you know what? Sometimes you just have those games. Oregon's a team that played Arizona incredibly tough. I believe they had a seven or an eight game winning streak against Arizona during the Sean Miller, Dana Altman era. Arizona wins that game against Oregon. Oregon is without their leading scorer, Will Richardson, for the uh, rest of the conference tournament. And with or without Kirk Reese, I still feel comfortable with the Arizona's uh, prospects of winning this game tomorrow. Yeah, I feel comfortable. And I think it's as simple as this, whether it's Colorado or whether it's Oregon. I think you just got to get Paolo and Coloco uh, in there and go inside early. You know, win the battle on the boards. And Arizona certainly did do that today. Win the battle on the boards. Don't let them beat you from the outside. And Arizona should more than comfortably take care of both of these teams. Both these teams, to quote you, Mike, do nothing for me. They do nothing for me. And you know what? Ben's younger than me, quite a bit younger than me. So anything that I can impart on young Ben and that he can steal, I will 100% take as a compliment. All right. Now, let's get back to some more of the comments here. Randy Teat, I think, makes a great point where he says, Damn, this dropped us down to a four in Ken Palm, LOL. Here, at this stage in the game, and again, maybe I'm, you know, maybe I'm, you know, uh, just kind of broad brushing it. I don't worry about Ken Palm. This is a number one seat. You, if Arizona loses tomorrow and you're 29 and four and you're the number two team in the country, you have four losses. There's no way that they're bumping you from that position. That's just not going to be the situation there, Ben. No, especially not at this point in, in, in any time, really, when you look at these postseason tournaments, whether it's you know the ACC, the Big 12, the Pac-12, whatever it may be. Arizona's put themselves in a comfortable position to either lock in that one or two. I'm not really worried at all of that. Right. All right, Superfly247, by the way, the, most, the flyest name on the entire thing right there. He says, this to me, this was a great win. Um, excuse me. Yeah, this was a great win. We haven't had a lot of these, but we seem to get these. And yeah, that's essentially what happens there. And that's what you need come March because come March, you know, it becomes a different ball game there, Ben. And I think yeah. we know that. Yeah. All, all bets are off the table come March. And, um, you know, the way Arizona's played the last couple of years when they've made the NCAA tournament, I mean, going even all the way back to that Buffalo game, right, where Arizona was just getting absolutely annihilated from the outside and even down low to a point. I don't worry about this team in the sense that I look at each opponent that Arizona plays and I worry about matchups. Now, that can certainly be the case in some areas, but I don't think it's a deal breaker when it comes to matching up with some of the better teams in the country because, again, Arizona can beat you from so many different ways. They're lengthy. They have arguably if not one of the best front courts in all of college basketball. They have guys on the guards, you know, who can shoot from the outside. They really do a good job of getting into passing lanes, and this team just plays up and down. I like the way they adjust. I like the way they can close themselves in situations like this because, to be honest, a lot of teams facing a team like Stanford today, the way they were shooting from the outside, Stanford could have ran away with this thing 10, 15 points. No doubt. And they did. 22 lead changes. Arizona was right in at the entire time, and you just felt like if Arizona could get one or two more defensive stops and make a couple of key shots, they were going to win this game. Despite losing potentially Carissa for a little bit, despite the hurdles on the outside, Arizona was, I think, a little bit disinterested in the first half. You know, we talked about that slow start, you know, when we started this out, talked about the slow start and the other games they played throughout the regular season, but I feel okay about this, and I don't really worry in years past because I just think the way that this team plays and the way that Tommy Lloyd 
coaches is just entirely and drastically different. And let's build on that a little bit. So we had a couple questions here, and Aaron Walsh, and again, I apologize, guys. I'm not going to be able to get to all the remarks. Uh, that's, that's on me. I do apologize for that one. But Aaron Walsh says, can you explain the difference between the rotational defenses of Lloyd and Miller? And yes, it's very simple. In that Sean Miller's entire strategy was, you know what, we're going to let you shoot threes. But I can't let you get by me. And you know what? If that means that we're going to play a little bit off of you, if I'm going to have to rotate, Tommy Lloyd is about taking chances on defense. And again, it's not like he's going to be the riverboat gambler, but he will over, he'll, he'll over rotate. He'll let guys shoot passing lanes. And the reason he allows his guys to shoot passing lanes is because on the back end right there, you've got a guy like a Christian Coloco or a Umar Ballo, my guy, Kevin Kennedy, if he's listening or Chad McDonald's on YouTube, <laughs> your guy right there, you've got guys that can clear that up on the back end right there. So again, that's what you're kind of looking at right there from an Arizona perspective that I'm going to allow my guys to cause problems defensively. That way I can get into the open court. I can cause problems on the offensive side then and be able to get back on rotation. Yeah, I mean, and, you just put it perfectly. I mean, that's, you know, well better than I do. That's accustomed to where Arizona fans are seen, I've seen in the yeah. past, and that's what makes them successful is getting in those and, passing lanes, creating offense with that defense. And I think with the Miller teams, you didn't necessarily see that at all. I, I think with, uh, and Tina makes another great point, she says, um, we're rooting for Colorado tonight. 100% you're rooting for Colorado because that's one you very rarely get chances to avenge losses. And look at Arizona's three losses this year. You lost to uh, UCLA. You were able to avenge that loss. You're not going to be able to play Tennessee again unless it comes to the NCAA sure. tournament. So, again, that's a loss that you're, you know. That, and that's a very questionable loss. A very questionable way, loss. Based on the yeah. way that game was officiated. Ben lives in California, and Ben knows that that was a questionable loss. So, you know, we'll look at that. And – you look at uh, and Mike bring back the beard. I know, I know. I've had a lot of people tell me that. We'll uh, we'll, we'll get we'll get to that. But uh, then you look at it and you've got Colorado. That was the one loss all season where it's hard to really rational. Excuse me, rationalize what happened because this is not. I mean, it's a solid team. It's not a great team though. It's not a UCLA. It's not a. Um, uh, it's not a Tennessee. And they just kind of beat the doors off Arizona in a way that certainly Tennessee didn't. I'm all with you. I want to play Colorado again. And you know what? Let the chips fall where they may, with or without Kerr. I still think that you should be able to win yeah, that game. Especially because Colorado doesn't have their top scorer either. So. We will definitely know more about the uh, Kerr-Crease injury slash, uh, you know, hurt um, later on. And we'll certainly, we'll, we'll try to let you know throughout the evening right here, um, you know, what what the latest deal is. One thing that you do need to be doing, though, is you need to check out GoPHNX. You need to hit subscribe on the YouTube. Everything's taken off right here. We're getting great numbers, and we really appreciate all of you. The thing that we try to do here is we try to make this as interactive as possible. You know, a lot of other people, they don't, uh, you know, it's about the them we try to make it about you and i think that's why we've been able to be as successful so far as we have and again i can't thank you all enough for making this one happen now let's get back to where this team then goes from here so ben matherin i had a bunch of people message me during the game why is ben out during the last couple minutes our guy Shear was messaging us that too well he knew but here's what you need to understand though about basketball coaches in that just because you're a great offensive player if you're continuously giving up backdoor cuts, if you're continuously giving dunks to the rim, I don't care who you are. And Tommy Lloyd showed that today. He demonstrated that today where he allowed Ben Matherin to play until he started messing up. And then you know what? You start asking people, where is Ben Matherin out there? And it's because he wasn't playing defense. It's that simple, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, 
it's, it's that simple. And just because you're the team's best player doesn't mean that you're going to be in there for 35 minutes guaranteed no matter what. And I think when you look at the way that Stanford matched up with Arizona, and especially in that first half where Stanford could really not do a whole lot in the low post unless it was a, a silly Arizona turnover or something like that, they were clearly beating Arizona from the outside. And you saw um, you saw in the second half where there was like a two- to three-minute stretch, especially where Matherin was just letting guys blow by him right. left and right. And at that point, you've got to get them out of the game. You've got to slow things down and sit them aside. And it's better to learn in these types of situations than it is come NCAA tournament. So. Yep. Maleficent and then Sean Seeley just said, um, really want to see what adjustments Lloyd makes for uh, CU. That's why I'm also very comfortable in how this team will adjust with Tommy Lloyd because Sean Miller was very much, and again, I don't. This isn't meant. This isn't meant to turn to a bash Sean Miller type situation. That's not what I'm talking about. But he was very much square peg, round hole. We're going to do exactly what we do as we do it. Every single game. Every no single game. What. It's the easiest yeah. scouting report in the world. And you know what? He won a lot of games that way. So who am I to really? Right. But at the same time, you do say that it's fairly easy to, I mean, let's be honest here. It's fairly easy to be able to just sit there and diagram what he's going to do. Tommy Lloyd is far more outside the box. He's far more unconventional. So let's say you don't have a Kirk Creasa. You could see a multitude of different guys start here. If it was a Justin Kyer coming off the bench, if it was a Pella Larson, and then you move Dalen Terry kind of into that hybrid point guard position slash wing, you can do a lot of different things. Then knowing, and this is where I think Tommy Lloyd is so effective, knowing that you don't have that guy out there, that real, that consummate point guard, you can put different guys in their situations then to try to make that one occur. I'll give you an example. All right, we know that we don't have the best guys to set up our offense. We're going to be getting into these defensive passing lanes. We're going to try to get as many up-tempo baskets as possible there, Ben. Yeah, ex- exactly. It's, it's it's a matter of working with what you have. And I think somebody like Terry especially who's seen that role throughout the regular season at times, and then even more so last year when he played under Sean Miller. You've got a multitude of options, especially on the guard and wing side. So I think Arizona will be fine. They've got the length. They've got the shooting. and. Um, like you said, Mike, whether it's getting in passing lanes, creating offense that way, whether it's putting in the twin towers, as you like to call them. with Valo, Dude, don't act Valo, like you don't want to call them that Valo, either. Valo and Coloco, putting them in there, scoring, you know, dominating the low post. Arizona's got a lot of different ways and tricks up their sleeves, as the, as the kids may say. And one so. thing that I do want to, I want to pump the brakes here on a little bit. We need to be, you know, because a lot of people, and I'm not saying Maleficent is doing this. I know, I know what you mean. But... Ben Matherin is the reason that Arizona is where we are right now. 100%. Again, Tommy Lloyd has been absolutely fantastic. He has hit every single right button stroke, whatever you want to call it. But Ben Matherin's the one guy that is going to be a top 10 pick. He is going to be your first team All-American. He should be anyway. So, again, pump the brakes a little bit on, you know, Ben Matherin messing up defensively. I see Shane in the background right there nodding his head. I know ASU fans would take Ben Matherin in a heartbeat, and I think, honestly, they would take anybody on scholarship from the U of A. So we could be honest They'd about They'd take anybody on the bench. They, they would absolutely take anybody on the bench right there. Okay. Randy Teat says, if Kirk comes back tomorrow, I'm calling Justin Kokoski Mr. Miyagi. You know, that's the great thing. Justin Kokoski has been in this business for as long as I can remember. Honestly, I was a little kid watching Arizona basketball when Justin was doing his thing. I've aged during that time. Justin hasn't. But I think that's a big aspect as to why Justin is who he is. In that, if there's a way to get him ready, 
he's going to be able to get him ready. It's just, you know, this is going to be something that it's going to be difficult to watch right here. And we'll certainly keep everybody up to date on that. Tucson Skyline, nice little homage right there to the Sean Rooks, uh, Ed Stokes, uh, Brian, Brian Williams era. Ben, you were not born then. I was, I was only not, a, I was not born for the and, Sean Rooks. And I was only about four, so I'm not, I'm not quite that old, but, you know, I'm up there a little bit. All right. Now, got a couple closing thoughts right here. And, again, we're going to have a longer post game tomorrow, obviously. But one thing I want to tell you about again DraftKings Sportsbook app, code word PHNX. Throw down $5 on any tournament games. And if you win and you're a new customer, you get $200 in free plays, my friend. That simple, that easy. Give you an idea. Let's say you're a new customer and you back the A to the fullest. And you're like, man, what better way to do that than bet some free money that I can get back and Bet Arizona in the process. Arizona's going to play Colorado or Oregon tomorrow. Why not do something like that, Ben? You would do it. I would do it. I'd oh. also bet the Pistons, but maybe that's not such a great uh, idea. John Schuster, I know yeah. you're listening right now. And again, that's a, I didn't say that. Ben One White said that. So we, we have now the voice of the Arizona Wildcats, Mr. Brian Jeffries. Hold on just a second. Ben, if you could tweet out Brian's coming, that'd be awesome. Thank you, sir. All right, now joined by the voice of the Wildcats, Brian. Brian's a little bit taller than me. I think it kind of runs, kind of runs in the family. So, all right, Brian. So you're wa- you're watching this team this year, um, and you watch the game. Obviously, we don't know what the status with Kirk Risa is, but right now, when you watch this team, whenever there's a close game, it feels like they find a way to figure it out, and I think that's something that is really impossible to understate. Well, I think they played with a lot of confidence this year, and they have guys that know how to make plays down the stretch. Mm-hmm. Uh, ben Matherin, Christian Coloco, certainly here today. Pella Larson hitting a couple big free throws. And so they have a lot of self-confidence in what they're doing. And uh, they run good stuff. And like any team, they go through different scenarios in practice. And they had scenarios tonight down the stretch that they needed to execute, and they did. And so I think the, the lack of, of panic uh, for a young team, which I think is admirable, uh, that and so just some key – they got a couple key stops, and they didn't have many key stops throughout right, the game. Right. Uh, they couldn't stop Spencer Jones today, but they did enough defensively, I think, in the last couple minutes to get the win. Watching Spencer Jones, and I'm glad you came here because you watched so many great Arizona basketball players over the years. Brian, there's only so much you can do when a guy gets going like that. I mean, how many times would you see either Pella right up in his face and it's just going in? I was trying to tell fans, sometimes you just got to tip your cap to good offense. Oh, yeah. and I mean, he's got tremendous size and athleticism, so he can create shots. He's very tough to defend, and when he got going, you could just see it. His confidence grew as the game went on. He felt like he couldn't miss, but he'd had a couple misses in the second half, and I think that, again, was key. They they got enough hands in his face to slow him down just enough, but right. it wasn't much. Uh, but, yeah, he's just really good, and you do, Mike. You run into guys like that where sometimes you just say, look, he had his day. Right. Uh, you can't fault anybody on the Arizona side because of that. You just say that he was better this day. The The key was that, uh, you know, Harrison Ingram had some big buckets in the second half as well, but that was it. It was really a two-man game for right. Stanford. They didn't have that third guy where Arizona did. Right, and again, there was a point in the game when they were 9 of 11 from three. I mean, Brian, there's only so much you can do right there. Now, let me ask you this. Um, you're around this team a lot, obviously. Are they as even keel, as cool, off camera as they certainly appear on camera yeah and you know you throw around that 
word chemistry, which yeah. I think sometimes you can throw around too loosely. Uh, but this team really has had great chemistry this year. They truly enjoy playing with each other. They have 21 assists today. That's why they lead the nation in assists, because they love to share the ball. And Coloco got his 24 today. Mathurin got his 20. Uh, but nobody's looking at the stat sheet saying, I didn't get mine. Right. And I think that's been one of the keys to success this year for them is that they blend extremely well together. And so, you know, depending on the status of Kirk Creesa, you know, they made that they may need that even more now going forward. I think back to what Tommy Lloyd said before the season where he said, listen, he said, everybody loves to have the point guard. He said, but what we try to do in our offense is have multiple guys that can bring the ball up, you get it to the wing, and then we can initiate it from there. So if there ever is a time, and again, I think people are realizing now how good Kirk Creesa is after quite a while, but this team I still think is as equipped as anybody to at least deal with that as best you can over a two, three game period, however long it may be. Well, let's just say that Kirk can't play tomorrow. We hope he can, but if he can't, uh, Justin Kyer would no doubt start for him at point. And, and keep in mind, we talked about a, a team, an Arizona team that has not had a lot of postseason experience whatsoever. Justin Kyer has mm-hmm. played in what, three A-10 tournaments when he was at George Mason. Right. He played one SEC tournament game right. when he was at Georgia. So I think he's got a feel for this atmosphere, and uh, it puts pressure, if you want to use that word, because it, it lowers their depth. Uh, Adama Ball gave him a couple minutes today. Uh, I think going forward, he's going to see some more time. But uh, but I, I believe in Kyer. I think Kyer's got the ability to, to lead this club if need be. But if you lose a guy like Creesa, yeah, that's that's a major loss, and we just hope that it's nothing serious. I think what also is nice about this team is I was at the Stanford student radio guy was behind us during the game, and over and over, Brian, he kept making the point uh, during commercials, man, that team is long. And every time it seemed, and there was a lot of times when either it was Harrison Ingram or uh, Laura would get to the basket, but how many times still, Christian Coloco, he doesn't get a block but he alters it. And Umar Ballo, I mean, heck, even in a Julius Tabellis. So they have the ability to be aggressive out there because they've got guys on the back end right there that could make clean that up. I think that was one of the keys to the second half. In the first half, Stanford had too many straight-line drives to the basket, and Arizona didn't stop them. I think mm. in the second half, they made some adjustments, and they were able to, if not you know, block the shot, uh, they were able to alter shots, which has been uh, a key to their, uh, their offense all year or their defense all year long. You know, I think the other thing was that in the two regular season games, Stanford out-rebounded Arizona in both of them. And so for Arizona to get the the advantage in that area, in particular on the offensive glass, I mean, that was big. I mean, there were a lot of things. We're in a close game. You look for any of those keys like that, and I thought reversing that statistic was one thing that was it was going to be important going into the game, right. Mike. It was really important in the outcome. I had a lot of people asking me, too, what do you want is, who do you want to play next? you want to play Colorado or you want to play Oregon? To me, it doesn't really matter. But you know what? You can get you can beat the team that already beat you. Why not have at it? I uh, yeah, I don't think it matters. Right. You know, one game against Oregon. Now they're without Will, Will Richardson. Right. So, question is, can they even survive today? Right. Exactly. And then Colorado, uh, you know, with the game up in Boulder, and I'm I'm not making excuses here. No, but, I know what you're saying. It was senior night, sold out house. It's a tough place to play. A tough place to play. Uh, keep in mind that. Colorado does not have a natural rival in the Pac-12. Right. Arizona's their rival. Absolutely. It's the biggest game of the year. And Tad Boyle has said as much. You know, yeah. that that's, that's a team that we we get up for, for yeah. sure, as does everyone else, but Colorado for sure. So, I, you know, again, they played a great game that night, okay, and, and give them all the credit. But I know the Wildcats would like nothing more than to play them. Right. Just to kind of wash that one out of their system. 
Brian, I can't thank you enough for uh, coming by here. We're going to be signing off from the AZ Wildcats podcast, but the voice of the Wildcats, Brian, when will you guys be back up tomorrow then for people listening on the radio? Uh, well, we'll be on the air at 6 o'clock Arizona time for a 7 o'clock tip Arizona time. I, I say that, I, I emphasize that because there's so many people that right. are coming here. It's And I had to tell people this past week when they said, all right, I'll be there at 1. I said, no, you better be there by noon yes. or you're yeah. going to miss the first half. Right. And you know what? So take take the man's word for it. But for Ben White, the voice of the Wildcats, Brian Jeffries, I'm Mike Luke. Thank you so much for listening to the AZ Wildcats podcast. We will be back with you tomorrow.